Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's just not the same hearing that without Ryan Wiggins around. I feel like I miss him now. Aww. Wig dog, where are you? Okay, welcome to the Andy Price Show. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. Ryan Recker Radio, if you want to follow me on there. I got the comments. Uh, I've been going through those occasionally. And apparently we just need to be reprogrammed here. So that would be better. Uh, good old reprogramming in mind, maybe tonight's. So uh, I don't, uh, we only have an hour here. So this is fun. The best way to reach the show, just leave a comment on there. We'll try to keep up with that. And I know Leah's been following some things and favoriting some as well that will read the poll question at the end of the show. Meaning that what are you going to be doing on New Year's Eve? I can tell you what I'm doing, sleeping and hoping that I'm not woken up by gunfire or fireworks. Uh, Leah, are you on TikTok? Do you use that app? I I have it. I don't oh, like use it. You don't mind the Chinese spying on you? That's okay? I I don't know. You sound like my dad. <laughs> Your dad's right to yeah, be I know. concerned here. I know. So uh, you know that they are using that as a spy tactic, right? Yes. Okay. So you're not concerned that now any information that you share on TikTok or even privately don't share publicly will be read and is made accessible to those in China. Uh, that's okay? Um, I'm going to say no, but at the same time, I have like all the social media platforms and I am very open on all of them. So, I mean, not much of me is private anyway for China to see. So, you know, they can take their Here's pick, new- they can take their pick on where to, to find out about me. Your New Year's resolution is to find ways to be more private on social media. (laughs) Say, okay, I'm going to turn a new leaf, and I'm not going to put out all my personal information online. That would be a fantastic thing to do starting next year. No? Okay. I see you. You're like, "Uh uh-uh, not a chance. So have you ever been asked your passcode when trying to open up TikTok? No. Well, this is this is actually happening for some iPhone users. They go to click on the TikTok app and it says, hey, enter your iPhone passcode to get to TikTok. Well, I don't have an iPhone, hmm. so. Mm, now, there's a website, uh, Dexerto.com. I think that's how you say it. So essentially, why is TikTok asking for a passcode on iPhone? Users confused by the password verification. Sometimes if you're doing something private on your phone, normally they mention it's banking apps. You probably have clicked onto like a, an app or maybe your settings. If you want to go to your settings and change something, it'll say, hey, re-enter your passcode real quick. Let me make sure it's you first. 
That's pretty common on phones before you do something that could, you know, change a lot Mm -hmm. on the phone. Well, people aren't used to that happening for individual social media apps, particularly those that are run by China. So they were very perplexed. Uh, what's going on here? Is there some sort of spying that's going on? In fact, is there a way that they could be collecting also your phone's passcode data as well? So I'm going to ask you again. If you found out TikTok was able to lift your passwords off your phone, would you still have it on your phone? Uh, I mean, no. I think they're already doing it with saved numbers and things probably okay they probably have the ability to do they've been caught so many different ways and that's why tiktok as an app have been banned from government phones because they know this sort of thing goes on um so that's one of the scary things that are going on with tiktok and some of them say oh it's it's just a bug oh they'll work it out it's just a bug but again i am too old and grumpy to agree with that automatically old and grumpy. That's how I live my life. Uh, Here's another story. Social media companies have made $11 billion in U.S. ad revenue from minors. This is just from kids, $11 billion. It's easy to lie on social media. It's easy for you to say you're an adult. But how often do you find that it's very easily worked around by them just saying, oh, yeah, no, I'm 13. I'm allowed to be on this app. And then when they say minors, I think they mean basically like teenagers. But this could also include those that are under the age of 13. Sometimes maybe the child is using the device because their parents are supervising them on the device. It's not maybe their device. It could be a family device. But still, companies in the social media aspect, the Facebooks, the Twitters, TikTok involves Snapchat, Instagram, users under the age of 18, they say they have made $11 billion off of them through U.S. advertising revenue alone just to minors. This is a major concern. Um, there's there's a few things because then it sets up a conflict of interest with these companies. The conflict of interest being that this is a market that they can make a lot of money off of. So are they possibly bending ethics in order to market to them? I don't think it's a question of if they're doing it. I'm sure they are doing it. And how much of this are they hiding? Because they've gone through different congressional hearings where they've gone and said, no, 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 no. You can trust us. We are self-monitoring. We are self-regulating. We got this all under control. We would never do that to a kid. But in all reality, do you trust them to be able to self-regulate in that way? Normally, you don't hear conservatives saying that we need more regulation when it comes to private companies. But I would say with these social media companies, these tech companies, I would say there's no way around it. I would say they've become so powerful and so vast and wildly huge that it would be a naive for us to believe that they are operating in our best interest, the consumer interest, and there needs to be safeguards put into place much higher than the safeguards that are already in place. Because in some ways, we have a bunch of politicians that are not tech savvy. They are actually tech ignorant, and they have no idea what goes on and how any of this operates or how any of this works. But I'll tell you what we do have, a lot of security experts that have already raised the alarm on all of these social media platforms, TikTok probably the most notorious. Researchers say the findings show a need for government regulation for social media, since the companies that stand to make money from children are those who on the platforms have failed to self-regulate meaningfully. This is from the Associated Press writing up this. 
Uh, the revenue figures come in as researchers estimate the number of users under 18 in the 2022 based on population from the census uh, continues to grow. Then, then the used data from the research, the e-marketer now called the Insider Intelligence, a parental control app, estimates really how much time each day a child spends on each platform. And it's a really easy trap to run into as a parent. I will say, when you get exhausted and your kids have been running around and they've been screaming all day and they need your attention all the time, you just need to not have to cater to them like you're their butler 24-7. It's easy to say, kid, sit in front of that TV and watch some Bluey. Kid, let me give you your tablet and you can watch some Daniel Tiger on it. And it's such a tempting thing to do. And it's a thing that all parents do. But then you got to remind yourself, it's not good for them. What they could be exposed to could actually be damaging to them. So you have to really limit that time that your kids spend on these platforms. But the problem that we run into is our time is stretched so thin to begin with that it's very, very difficult to always be able to catch that. And I know my son, um, he's been exposed to some things he shouldn't have been exposed to, some words he shouldn't have been exposed to. Knowing that he goes to school and sometimes his friends or people in his classroom have older siblings that know words that we don't say in our household. Sometimes he's exposed to them. And one time he came to my wife and said, what does this word mean? And it was a pretty bad word. And uh, he felt pretty terrible that he knew that word. But once that genie is out of the bottle, there's no going back. That's pretty mild compared to the things that they could be exposed to on social media. Um, on there, they keep in mind of the world we live in today where like, let's just use Israel and Palestine as an example. If they're on an unfiltered account, people were posting the goriest war videos you could ever see in your life. And so much blood and destruction and mutilation, even going back to Ukraine and Russia, people posting videos and photos on these things, terrorists acting like terrorists. And Hamas is very open with their war crimes in the things that they and how they operate. And it's not just gore. Sometimes it's using sex and rape as part of their uh, methods. Those are the type of things that if your kids are looking at unfiltered, unregulated access to social media that they could accidentally stumble upon. And that's why you really, really got to be careful. And the best thing you can do is just not let them on it, even if their friends are on it, even if they say, oh, listen, this is the best. It's great. I can do this. I can do that. Oh, it's a great way to communicate. And I can even message you on there. I would say not until they're an adult, even through high school. My goodness, that's such a temptation. It's, it's going to be even worse for them. Maybe the best thing you can do is just try to convince them that all of this is stupid. <laughs> And do your best to try to just move them in another direction so they don't have to feel like they're missing out on something if they don't have it. That's all dumb. Don't worry. This is stupid. Listen, you're going to do better, kid, if you put your attentions in other places. Go read a book. Trust me. Go read a book. It'll be better. Uh, one other story I saw, and it's kind of social media related, on YouTube, there's a guy that goes around trying to solve unsolved murders. Well, nah, let me scratch that. Unsolved missing people cases. So not necessarily murders, just people who have disappeared. And what he does is he'll say, okay, um, let's take a look at the list of people that are missing. And then I'll look at the police report and I'll see where they were last. And if we can kind of like 
well, okay, they were seen in this area and they weren't seen again. Okay, you know, it was late. There's a river over here. There's a lake over there. What the guy will do is go on his boat and he'll use sonar and he'll start pinging the bottom of the lake or the river. And a lot of times it's too murky. You can't see down there anyway. But the sonar is so good and the technology is so reliable that you can tell if there's something really big down there. And he'll go through on his YouTube channel and document this. And he'll say, look at this. This is about the shape of a car. He'll then go back to shore, put on his scuba gear, go underwater. And if he'll see a car, he'll try to look for a license plate. And you'll see if that matches the missing description of who he was looking for. And believe it or not, he has been very successful at finding people. And this YouTuber helped find a missing Missouri Army veteran after 10 years after the veteran disappeared. Last seen in 2013, around this time, December 29th, vanished. In 2013, exactly 10 years ago today, police were unable to find the vehicle. They couldn't find the person, but they had some leads. It's an amateur that does this for fun on YouTube that's able to solve these cases and bring closure to families. I think it's fantastic what he does. He's got over a million subscribers. James Hinkle is his name. If you wanted to go see the video for yourself, um, they actually follow it through. So after they find it, it shows him contacting police. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. I found a car in the lake. It matches the description of this missing case. I think you should come pull it out. So then the police come in. They start their investigation. Normally, a tow truck comes in. They wench the thing out of the water. And then sometimes, depending on how long the body has been there, it's nearly impossible to identify some people, except if they had some sort of distinguishing trait on them. In this case, this Army veteran had a hip replacement. So they had some different parts in him that were able to identify him as this missing person. Closure to the family after all those years. From Donald Lee Irwin, who went missing 10 years ago today, outside of the Ozarks. Uh, You know, the guy does this for fun. And I'm sure it's lucrative when you have a million YouTube subscribers and you get a lot of views on it. You could make some ad revenue doing something like that. But I don't think he makes enough to probably make a living out of it. But either way, he found a hobby that actually does good for society. So there are some good things that you find on social media every once in a while. Um, So good for him. And I got to say, I'm, I'm just so happy that at least there are some happy endings when it comes to YouTube videos and also finding some of these mysteries and he's going to keep going out and he's going to keep solving more of these disappearances. The other part that people raise, and I think this is a common gripe is that if a amateur YouTuber with, you know, regular equipment that you can buy off the shelf is able to solve these mysteries and the police cannot, what does that say? I'm Ryan Recker filling in. Don't go anywhere. And I saw that there was another update to this Francis Howell district backlash with their courses. I want to talk about that coming up, too. You're listening to The Andy Fry Show. I'm Ryan Recker, 97.1 FM Talk. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. Happy to be with you. I saw on the Fox 2 website there is an update to the Francis Howell District backlash. I think it started last Thursday night where the school board said, we are going to remove some of these classes, black literature classes. And originally when the story came out on Thursday night last week, I was looking at some of the stories. And I noticed that KMOV was on the spot and they brought their cameras out and they only told one side of the story because I was very curious. I thought, why are they removing this class? So I watched the video of the news story and I read the news article and I noticed they didn't put the reason for it. They didn't tell another side of the story. They only showed angry parents protesting outside of this meeting in the result of the vote. I thought that well, that's kind of interesting. I wonder why they would not include that. And it took me to the journal's website where I saw one line in there about why, and it wasn't even an explanation of why they decided to take it out. It was just one explanation of what the curriculum included, which is the Teaching Tolerance Project. The Teaching Tolerance Project is from the Southern Poverty Law Center, It's known as a pretty left-leaning attack group. It's very partisan. And the school board actually had an opportunity last week when I was filling in for Mark Reardon to talk to one of the board members. And you know what he told me? He's like, yeah, that was put into place before us were in here. We started to learn about the partisan nature of these courses and the curriculum that was being put together by the Teaching Tolerance Project in the Southern Poverty Law Center. And we realized that this was a mistake because now you're introducing these social justice type of topics into the classroom. And that's not what this is intended to do. So they said, we are going to, uh, we're going to remove these classes starting next year. Now there's a big uproar. They said, you know, why would you want to remove this? And obviously there's still racism in America because you would remove these courses of black literature from the classrooms. But they said, no, we just, there's no reason for us to keep it if we know it's something that's bad, if it's a highly partisan attack group for the left, and it's teaching these social justice classes from the Southern Poverty Law Center. So they said, we, we're going to replace it with something else. We have to decide what that something else is. Well, a week later, for the school board meeting last night, I'm assuming it was last night, so I start to see these other stories come up. Fox 2 decided to put one on. The school district put a release out and they said that they are replacing it with something else. So now they have something in place. First, they repealed what they had, and now they're putting something in place. 
Uh, let me play some of the story about the backlash from uh, Fox 2 did the story. Less than two hours before Francis Howell's students held a student-led stand-up meeting yesterday, the school board's president and superintendent released a joint statement saying that black history and literature electives will be available come next fall. To add to the layers of back and forth and confusion to this story, though, a member from the school district actually told us the courses were never reinstated because they were never removed in the first place. But when some parents heard about the possible removal of these electives, as you can imagine, many were very upset. Yeah, then they go out and talk to some of the more parents again. Um, the board was introducing a new curriculum based on a rigorous and largely politically neutral organization. So forget about the Southern Poverty Law Center. That is very partisan group. Uh, and I was looking at, and I, I went online and I tried to search for Teaching Tolerance Project. And there are different, I guess, you know, example curriculum, coursework, things like that that have been posted. It's used in some high schools. It's used in some colleges. And they also have testimonials. And there was one great testimonial that I think really summarizes what was being taught inside of that Francis Howell School District. It said, we don't just prepare teachers. We prepare socially just teachers. Teachers meaning the students in this case. They call them teachers. That means our mission is aligned with teaching tolerance's mission. I find that teaching tolerance is a place that I know is going to help provide timely and current social justice resources to our students who are teachers. It's going to provide timely social justice resources. If you're a school board and you don't want to deal with that nonsense, this woke junk, do you really want to allow that to stick around longer than it needs to? That's why they got rid of it. And I agree. I think it's not a bad thing to replace it with something that is more neutral. And let's look at this, too. Uh, a big significant portion of the Learning for Justice materials focuses on race, the problem with whiteness, white supremacy, uh, systematic racism, and CRT-based concepts, critical race theory. That's the type of junk they were getting from their curriculum from the Southern Poverty Law Center and the Teaching Tolerance Project. So that's why they got rid of it, and that's why they should have got rid of it. I mean, obviously, I think that's uh, pretty clear. It doesn't belong inside of the classrooms there. And I think the school board made the right decision. Now they just have to uh, get the courses replaced with something that's neutral, which it sounds like they've done. So good for them. All right. I just thought I would address that real quick. There was another story I saw out of California. This is really interesting. And this is why you don't want Missouri to turn into California, because junk like this starts to come through the legislature. And you're lucky, lucky, lucky. The rest of the state's not like St. Louis when it's super liberal leaning type of politicians that think this way. In California, a couple of years ago, they passed a law which will go in effect January 1st. If your company has more than 500 employees, so a lot of ways your mom and pops aren't going to apply, but your Walmart, your Targets, you know, think about these sort of things, will soon be fined if they have different toy sections that separate boys and girls' typical toys, meaning that your toys are going to have to be unsegregated by boys and girls, and then you're going to have to have gender neutral toy section altogether, else you'll not be in compliance with the law. How much nonsense is that? Like they're, they're going to the point in California where they're regulating stores so much that they are upset that there may be a spot that has the Barbie dolls in a different spot where the Hot Wheels are. 
Like that's the they said we have to regulate this. It's such a problem in California right now, which many people have pointed out. What insanity is going on there with all the other problems the state is facing? This is Tiana Lowe. Six percent increase in homelessness over just the last year with uh, 68 percent of that homeless population not sheltered, which is the most in the nation. Yeah. Um California ranks 43rd out of 50 states in eighth grade math proficiency. And that's a number that's only gotten worse during the pandemic. And yet this is what you care about. Look, I was a child that like, even though I also love dolls, I loved playing with trains and Hot Wheels because I was always a builder, a math person. Mm-hmm. I'm so lucky that I wasn't born in California now to insane parents that were obsessed <laughs> with gender neutrality. That's all you need to say. Just leave it right there. I am happy I wasn't born in California by insane parents who believe that this is necessary, this gender neutrality junk. (laughs) A former state senator uh, also discussing this law. Well, you know, there are some retailers who have already decided to start doing this, and that's probably how it should be. You know, rather than the government trying to step in and co-parent with parents in California, let retailers decide what's best for their customers and what their clientele wants. But the last thing we need is for the state legislature in California to decide, no parents, this is how you need to shop for your children. And oh, by the way, if you have a son and you take him to the section where there are trucks or Legos, that somehow that makes you a bad parent. It's policies like these that are terrible for people living in California and, you know, across the United States too, if any other states are choosing to do this. But again, we don't need the government trying to co-parent with us. We've got it just fine. I know. Well, what happens when the government co-parents with you? It's remember the phrase they would say, it takes a village. You know, some people looked at that and they said, you're right. It's neighbors helping neighbors. It's other people looking out for each other. It does take a village. But then it goes a little bit further when you start with the Hillary Clinton philosophies of the world where, you know what, sometimes the neighbors know more than you do. So you're going to have to let the neighbors parent your children. And sometimes society knows better than you do as a parent. You just don't know. It's you got to get up with the times, man. You are just living in the back world. And listen, that's you got to stop living in the past. You need to get in line with the gender neutral everything. And we have to start segregating based on that. And man, don't even get me started with sexual confusion and all this other junk that we force on the kids. But it's the village that says it's okay living in California. That's a pretty wild left leaning village when most parents would say, no, that's nonsense. We're not putting that out there. But they say since people know better and you have to listen to the village, that's kind of the mindset that they live in in California. I'm just glad. I'm glad I'm not in California for many other reasons, let alone not like I'm making a bunch of money now. But how would you like to uh, have half your income go out the door? And then on top of that, most of everything else you make go into your living expenses because of how expensive everything is there. My goodness, is it terrible out there? Uh, There was one other story I saw that was a follow up. KSDK did a story, a follow up of the closed down nursing home. What a tragedy that was. The nursing home that just all of a sudden said, sorry, we're closing the doors. Get out of here. Kicking them out. Those poor old people and those that needed the nursing home. It was actually quite sad. And I think a lot of people said right before Christmas, a lot of these people didn't have any other place to go, but they still needed the care. It was the Northview Village, December 15th. No notice to residents, no notice to employees, no notice to families. They said 170 residents 
get out of here. 180 employees, you're fired. What a terrible, terrible debacle that I thought, wow, I don't know. Can it get any worse than this? Well, your faith in humanity will probably be verified when I tell you that looters decided this would be a great opportunity to go in there. Now that there's no one there guarding, they can just go in and steal what they want from anyone that were residents there. Employees spent the day packing up all of their belongings. These are still residents. Stuff. These residents, this is all they got. So, yeah, they want their stuff. Voice, a St. Louis nonprofit advocating for quality care in nursing homes, says looters have been stealing residents' personal belongings and things of value. The Saturday after. Let's just pause here. Where have we seen looters in St. Louis? Well, uh, these riots that went through the nation. You know, what we saw with George Floyd in Minnesota, and we saw Black Lives Matters starting um, basically across the United States coordinated riots and what we saw here in St. Louis, them burning buildings down, shooting at police officers, first responders. We saw them setting fire to other places. We saw them looting in places. What we saw was the acceptance, the normality of looting. And we see these mass these mass lootings going on in some of these other cities in California where the laws are so relaxed that the people that go in and do these things understand that the prosecution won't follow through. They understand they can do this with pretty much immunity as long as they keep with under a certain threshold, which is a pretty high bar of a threshold to the point where some of these major retailers are locking up all their goods and they move out of neighborhoods because they can't afford to stay in these areas that continue to get robbed over and over and over again. So all these people that live in these areas that like the convenience of having some of these you know, stores near a corner of them now have to travel pretty far distances and have to go through the hassle of getting an employee to get something like deodorant unlocked from a cabinet. It's so ridiculous that uh, it's gone and been taken advantage so much for in California. But it's more than that. And I'm going to point this out with some of the other laws that we just mentioned in California. It's that mindset that they try to push on other states to say, you know what, uh, maybe I can do that too. Maybe, oh, what's, what's the harm? I can go in and loot. And in St. Louis, it definitely has its crime. It definitely has its criminals. And it's had its hard time keeping its criminals behind bars, thanks to, you know, people like Kim Gardner, no longer in office, luckily. But the remnants and the problems that St. Louis still has with the revolving door of criminals back on the street, more enabled than ever to go out there and continue with their crimes, encapsulated in the Kim Gardner uh, tenure while she was in her position as circuit attorney. So now you have to the point where people feel like not only is it acceptable to go in and loot a nursing home that they feel they can do it with immunity and not get caught. This is where we are now. The facility closed. Uh, one of Voices staff members and a volunteer were down helping families reunite and help make sense of the situation. And while they were there, they saw a few people going through uh, the facility, walking into rooms, uh, taking things like televisions and walking out of the facility with them. Marjorie Moore, the executive director of Voice, says her team reported what they witnessed to police. Since then, St. Louis PD put out a real-time crime camera in front of the building. I, as I understand it, there's additional threats happening, and so, you know, the cameras can only do so much. It, it helps us identify who's, who's doing this, but um, it doesn't necessarily stop people from doing that. Oh, man. Uh, is there like a, is like a St. Louis Robin Hood? where they take from the criminals the things that they stole and return it to the people that it belongs to. I feel like there's just there's very little justice 
left in the city of St. Louis for people that have been victims of crime. I, I feel like once they've been a victim, they just write off any idea that the person that committed the crime will ever face the justice they deserve. And a lot of times, who knows if they know who these people are that are committed and against them. In some cases, they may know who it is and still nothing happens. You know, even up to the point of murder can happen in the city of St. Louis. And you find that the justification and the legal system to the point where, you know, you go in for a couple of years and you're back out on the street with the same person that killed a loved one of yours. It's it's just a terrible, terrible thing how lightly we treat crime and how we try to justify how light we we treat crime as progress. We have one more segment coming up. I'm Ryan Recker filling in for Andy Fry, 97.1 FM Talk. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I saw someone on uh, the feed say, you are going to get struck by lightning talking bad about the Lord's angel, Taylor yeah, Swift. I saw that. And I was like, whoa. What? <laughs> Even <laughs> I, I was like, whoa. Lightning. It's like, chill, dude. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Well, here we are. Uh, I need to. Luckily, I don't leave my house. So I try to stay indoors as much as possible. Hopefully, lightning does not strike me through the roof while I'm sleeping. Uh, We'll go through some of these comments here in a little bit. And we'll also look at the poll and see what people are doing on New Year's Eve. A couple of car stories I wanted to bring up real quick before we wrap up the show in the next 10 minutes. But thanks for all the comments. It's unbelievable the amount of comments that are sitting right here. I got to say, I'm, I'm quite shocked by all of them. So thank you for all of it. I saw that Toyota, um, and this was an ad by Motor Trend. And I don't normally click on Facebook ads where they have these certain posts that are like, oh, you might be uh, in line for a car or something. So here, let's start to show you ads for stuff. But it's not like that. It's not like that type of ad. It's a 
story of Toyota in the southeastern Asian market releasing a $10,000 pickup truck. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, whoa, this is actually kind of cool. I wouldn't mind buying one of these. Now, I know that they, I've, I've watched a YouTube channel. In, in China, they sell really cheap electric vehicles, mostly because, well, that's what the people can afford. Um, and they wanted to know what it was like trying to import the electric truck into the United States. The channel is called Donut Media, and they're fantastic. I think they're great. But um, he went through the process. It's a $3,000 truck in China. When I say truck, we're talking about basically a golf cart that has a cabin over where you and the passenger would sit. A very small, not a lot of enclosure indoors. But it also has a vehicle that can get you moving. It's got these little tiny wheels on them. They look like a one step up from power wheels. But it's got, you know, an engine. Well, not an engine, but it's got the battery. It's got the uh, lights, you know. I don't even think it had a radio. But the $3,000 vehicle, they found they had to pay the taxes they had to find a liaison that could ship it. They had to find a representative over here that is legally allowed to accept large, basically, shipments from other countries. They had to facilitate a space in a warehouse to accept this. Then they had to go and get it delivered to them. And they said by the time all this was said and done to get this one $3,000 electric truck from China, it came out to like $10,000. So about, I don't know more than double the price of it just for the shipping and I guess greasing the wheels, the bribes or whatever they had to do to get the thing into the country. So Toyota is a little bit different. So they released this in China and I don't, well, Southeast Asia, excuse me. So I guess that looks at a different area and the truck itself actually looks pretty nice. It's so much nicer than the one video I saw on donut media. The front part of the truck looks like a regular truck. I mean, but they mention most of the stuff on here. It's almost all made of plastic on the inside and rubber. So it's nothing's comfortable about it. Um, but, it, you know, on the outside, it almost looks kind of bare bones type of truck. On the back, it's just a flatbed. So an added extra onto it. Just basically, you see the chassis, you see the tires. That looks standard. It's just a flatbed metal on the back, and there's no walls on the side. You have to add that on extra. But there's a lot of things you have to add on extra if you were to buy this. For example, it doesn't come with airbags. Uh, I don't know if, if that would actually pass the driving standards here in the United States. So I, I you'd have to add that. Of course, that would add more and more to it. Um, no sides as part of it. Um, all flat glazing for the windshield side in rear windows, limited number of upgrades, uh, no anti-lock brakes, but it is a load sensitive proportioning valve is standard and ABS is optional. There's no airbags, no armrests, no door pockets. And there's also crank windows. Leah, have you ever owned a car that had a crank window or are you too young to experience the crank window? I have never owned a car, but like that had crank w uh, windows. But when I was like really little, my dad had a car that had crank windows. Okay, your dad's cool. <laughs> uh, plastic and rubber galore inside of it. Also, coil sprung front leaf sprung rear chassis is upgradable. They say also. So the thing costs that it's a gas or diesel four cylinder engine that they put inside of it. I don't know what the miles per gallon would be on this because it hasn't really been tested because you don't have to. 
like the the standards of what needs to be tested much lower in China. Hence, no airbags. But they make these things today mostly because if you are like you know in these highly mar- regulated markets, it might come out to ten grand, five grand, depending on where you're in some of these places. But basically, people just need cheap work trucks so they can survive in today's crazy world. And that's what it's built for. You just need something that gets you from A to B and you can store some stuff on the back, getting to and fro to town or whatever it may be. So I see it. I like it. I like the no frills. And then I go around looking around and it's like, man, if you wanted a truck anymore, even like a Ford Maverick, which is a pretty, I guess, dumbed down version, that's like 30 grand, 35 grand, something like that. And I think the Mavericks are cool. I like them, but it's a big price difference. Um, there's how many cars do you find anymore that are under twenty thousand dollars? It's a hard get because there's some stripped like small cars that are basically go karts and sound like them too. They might be under twenty grand, but it seems like you can't even find any new car for under twenty five, and that's like as about as cheap as it goes. Most new vehicles today, what the median price is like fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, this wouldn't fly in the United States, but I would like it. Oh, by the way, in case you're wondering, I saw something else online. So Tesla has the Cybertruck out now. Some people have purchased it. They're driving it around. I've never seen one myself in person. But the Cybertruck, it's, it almost looks like it's, it's gray like a DeLorean, so stainless steel. And it's shaped boxy. I don't know exactly the right way to describe it. I think you would have to see it to understand. It's called the Cybertruck by Tesla, and it got into an accident. I think it's the first reported accident that people have seen from the Cybertruck. And it got into a collision with the Toyota Corolla. Now, do you want to guess what happened to each vehicle in this? So the Tesla stainless steel Cybertruck involved in its first reported accident after hitting the road last month. Uh, Toyota Corolla was left crumpled appeared to collide head-on with the fully electric bomber-like vehicle on Thursday. When they showed the Tesla, at least from the side, it looked like there was almost no damage on this thing. That thing's probably built like a tank, and rightfully so. I think some of the the uh, windows are purported, uh, you know, they tried to show off reportedly that they were bulletproof. Like, they can take some pretty strong damage on these windows. So the 17-year-old driver was not hurt, told local police. Cybertruck, meanwhile, appeared to be in perfect condition, although the front end wasn't clearly visible, though it was often to the side of the road. But otherwise, if you look at the Toyota, the front end looked like it was basically totaled. The Cybertruck did not. So I'm guessing when it comes to collisions, this thing could fare pretty well. Yeah, I'm looking at this the front end of this Corolla. I mean, the hood is up. The whole front end is smashed. All the airbags are out. It looks like in the Cybertruck, the airbags are deployed, but it almost looks like there's no damage otherwise. And since it's an electric vehicle, it doesn't really have a lot of cabin space where the engine would be. So the front of it is basically, you know, the headlights. Then you have the wheel wells and the base there. And then you have where the person would sit on the inside, but a pretty long glass uh, windshield. It may look like there's a little bit of glass. I can't tell if the glass is a little shattered on it. But otherwise, it doesn't look like there's any damage to the body of the Cybertruck. I think that could be, not that you'd want to make that into an ad, but I think if you wanted to, you might be able to make it into an ad. 
All right, good old uh, car stories. Leah, uh, are you checking the Facebook or the Facebook, the YouTube poll? I'm kind of curious how people are going to be spending their New Year's Eve. So how does it look so far? So let's read the question again and their options, and let's see how people voted. Yeah, so the question is, what are your plans for New Year's Eve? Are you going out? Are you staying in? Are you going to sleep through everything? Yep, one, two, three. That's your only options? Yeah. Okay. Super creative. (laughs) Yeah. What are the, okay. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I am going to be snoring until my wife pokes me and says, stop snoring. And then I'll roll over and then I will try to fall back asleep. That's what I'll be doing. Cool. What, uh, what's the poll? What's the results? Uh, well, which do you think most people are doing? Uh, staying home. Uh, yeah, you'd be right. Uh, let's 68% are staying in. Got it. Fourteen percent are going out, and seventeen percent are sleeping. Isn't that something? More people are going out than just sleeping. That surprises me. Yeah, I I would be an advocate for it. Ain't worth it. That's a old. I'm an old dude. I, you know, I'm forty now. I feel old in a lot of different parts of my body, and in the way I think, I definitely think like a seventy year old. I know that about myself. I'm self aware. But I'll tell you this, too. Uh, going out and partying on New Year's Eve, that's a young man's game. That ain't for me anymore. What are some of the comments uh, that people gave? Any funny ones about this? Or are they going out to see Taylor Swift in Kansas City when the Chiefs are playing? What did they say? What are they playing? The Bengals or something this weekend? I can't remember. Someone pointed it out that that's that where they wanted see. to go. Erica said, my husband and I will probably go out to dinner, but the stroke of midnight, we will be in our PJs. Nice. And somebody named Michael agreed with them, said he's doing the mm-hmm. same thing. They're going to be also watching her and her husband go out to dinner. And then through the window at midnight, they will be watching yeah. that couple with the PJs. That's a weird thing to <laughs> like. Uh, in radio, I've had to work New Year's Eve celebrations. I've always hated those because I, it's not like I went out and celebrated. I just hated working late night holidays like that when I was younger. And they never asked you for your permission. They just said, you're assigned to this New Year's party. You're going to go out there as a representative of the radio station if you like it or not. Don't worry. We'll give you a $100 talent fee or something like that for you to give up your entire night when you wanted to do nothing but sit at home. Yeah. Uh RSG said, and I thought this was funny, he's like, I gave up drinking for the new year. Sorry, they came out wrong. I gave up drinking for the new year. I gave up, comma, well, started drinking for the new year. Dot, basically, dot, 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 drinking. He's no, saying he you, gave yeah. up, and I'm just going to drink for the new year. Who's RSG? Is that a known listener that comments a lot onto uh, the yeah. YouTube polls? Yeah, fairly regularly. Was, they were all over when I was scrolling through the comments. They were all over the place. All right, so did not give up drinking. So RSG is going to wake up with a hangover on Monday morning. We know how that'll go. Good luck with that. You know what they say? Pedialyte helps. Drink a bunch of Pedialyte the night before. Hydrate yourself. You know what I found out? Can I tell you what a what a soft I've gotten as a uh, in my older age? I drank too much soda one day. Too much soda. At one night, I was hanging out with my friends playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I had three bottles of soda with a ton of sugar in them, of course. I woke up hungover the next morning. I had so much sugar. Wow. That's what it's like getting old. Now I got to drink diet soda and I got to drink decaf coffee half the time now because my body can't handle it anymore. This is not good. (laughs) Don't get old. 
Now I'm sleeping. New Year's Eve comes around. I'm in bed sleeping. I'm not staying up watching the ball drop because that's boring anyway. Enjoy your new year. Happy new year to you. Be safe this weekend. We'll see you later. I'm Ryan Recker filling in 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.